Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Kev's Perspective. I'm your host, Kev Lowe, and today we had Fat Shane on the podcast. Fat Shane is a Louisville, uh, Kentucky rapper, local here, and very, very good at what he does. He's a very humble, very helpful, and very genuine person. He, when I came here, helped me learn the local scene a little bit and continues to, as you'll hear in this podcast, he's only willing to help. Um, I've booked him a ton. I booked him when I was just in Minnesota for Louisville shows, but never had the chance to meet him and have an actual face-to-face conversation. This is probably our first in-depth conversation outside of a show. And he touches on his inspirations for music, such as Jelly Roll and Struggle Jennings and Yellow Wolf, but also what his project means that he just released uh, not too long ago, I believe in December. And then also giving some tips and tricks on Kentucky, what makes the local scene so great here and different compared to the rest of the US, and also some good chicken spots to hit. So please enjoy the episode. Chia. I think you're gonna kill it, bro. Mod son. That was a legendary moment for me. I was like, man. DJ Bonix. Hi, how are you? AB, baby. Man. I'm just so excited to be talking to you again. This is a blast. Welcome to your podcast. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Cap's perspective. We looking, we looking good. All right, well, welcome everybody to another episode of Kev's Perspective. I'm your host, Kev Lowe, and today we got my boy Fast Shane on the podcast. Hey. What's good, bro? What's up, bro? Are you doing all right? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. You know, <laughs> it's been one of those weeks, you know. I feel you. I feel you. What uh, what's been what's been contributing to that? Uh, you know, just going. I, I still work a nine to five right now, so. Yeah. Uh, just mainly just dealing with work and everything that's yeah. going on there, you know. Yeah. COVID restrictions, you gotta wear your mask. I don't miss that, bro. <laughs> I, I worked so at bad. Apple before I came here, and man, like it was. I had to wear a mask for the last two years, and it was every single day, all day. If you even slipped up a little bit. It'd freak out at you. Like oh, yeah. it was super big in the Midwest. Down here, it's not as bad. Doesn't seem like, but no. But once, uh, once you have like that, that one person that tells HR, it's like, yeah, we're yeah. not doing the mask <laughs> thing, and then HR flips, and then they start flipping, and then it's just all downhill from there. Yeah, so. yeah. I feel you. Well, again, I want to introduce you to the podcast listeners. My main listener base is in the Midwest, man. So it's like they don't know anything about this local scene down here. That's why I wanted to have you on. But I also like to have uh, give a little background. You know what I mean? I met Shane through CLM, actually. Um, I met you a while ago, like not in person, but I was booking Shane and like other like local artists from down here from my bedroom in Minnesota because I was working for Cato like from like 10 p.m. to like 2 in the morning when yeah. I was doing this part time. And I was booking you then. And I think during that time, you were actually helping Cato do fulfillment for our company, weren't you? Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been helping Cato quite a bit uh, as far as like getting him the right artist because you know there's a lot oftentimes there's a lot of uh there's a lot of those artists that are like oh, i'll bring people yep. and then they show up and they're like well man i had an issue you know yeah uh with some with some sales and stuff so uh but i i try to i'm very well connected in louisville uh for the most part so i know you know who who can and who can't so right uh, anybody in any way that I can help Kato, I yep. do so and yourself. So I appreciate that for real, because that's why I actually wanted to have you on the podcast first was that you're one of those artists that actually helped us quite a bit and also helped me understand what the fuck was going on down here. You were like, yo, these are the venues, these are some of the people you should book. This is what artists I think would do well down here. All that little stuff is funny that Minnesota never did for me. 
Like right. not even one single local artist would tell me anything about the scene. They're like, yo, like I don't know tips, no nothing. Like even though I knew it pretty decently, it's always good to know someone else's perspective when it comes to the local scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's uh it's one of those things because one thing I'll, I'll tell a lot of people is like the music industry is a weird, weird thing yeah. uh, as far as like trying to get help with anything, mm-hmm. uh, marketing and anything like that. Uh, if people know anything or even just a little, it's super hard to try to get them to teach you anything because mm-hmm. they keep that knowledge synced in. Uh, that's one thing why, you know, me and Cato kind of clicked is because I would help him, you know, uh, and he would also help me. Yep. So any connections that I had, I would I would try to help. And then he's he's helped me with some marketing things and yep. gave me some pointers and stuff like that. So. You know, that's how I've always worked is if someone's willing to help me, then I'm going to be willing to help them. And I've done so much uh, networking and uh, just built really good relationships with people in Louisville that mm-hmm. I know, you know, which venues are going to be hot, which venues aren't. Uh, right. As far as like pricing and stuff, you know, and different things like that. I know quite a bit of things as far as like venues, uh, artists, uh, just anything like that. So how long you been doing this for? Uh, I want to say five years now, professionally. I've been actually doing this for like, since I was 12, I've been making right. music. Uh, I used to do like little freestyles and stuff with friends and mm. stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, like professionally, actually going to studios and stuff, five years. Uh, my first song, Mercy, was dropped, I want to say in That was 20- your first song? Yeah. Because that was the most, like, viewed and most streamed song that you had. Yeah. And, like, back then, like, I get, like, the production quality wasn't where you wanted to be. And, like, your artistry was just, like, I could tell it was starting. But I'm curious how that got to, like, 20,000 streams. Then, like, same on YouTube. It's pretty much consistent across your streaming platforms. It still is your number one song. Yeah, um, I'm pretty close to 30,000 on Spotify with that one. Uh, And believe it or not, I did not put any marketing into it. It just did its own. That's organic. And it's it's mainly... so if I look at my analytics on like Spotify and stuff, it's mainly uh, like Germany and mm. places out that way that uh, gravitated to that one. It gets hella streams and stuff all yeah. the time. But back then I didn't know what I was doing at all. You know what I mean? So I had a song like that too, though, bro. I had a song called Dopamine that would hit 20,000. It was like big in, I think, Australia. And no one fucked with it in Minnesota, but it was like one of my first songs I put out in 24 hours. And right. it was just like one of those things where it organically took off. But you take those. You know what I mean? You just, you, you take that yeah. and you move on from it. But I wanted to actually get into, um, first off, who you are. And I know you're from Louisville, but I wanted to ask like the first question, why do you make music? All right. So I'm going to get a little deep with you on this do one. Uh, so back when I f- was first starting to make music when mm-hmm. I was a kid, it was just kind of like one of those things where I was, you know, with my, uh, my dad always listened to rap. My mom always listened to like country. I gravitated more towards the rap music, you know. Uh, so I started kind of toying around and doing freestyles and stuff with friends because it was just like a fun thing to do, just hang out and do that. Uh, but back in 2017, whenever I, before I dropped Mercy, uh, I hit my cousin up uh, who goes by OG Ugly. Um, I was like, yo, I kind of want to do a song. And he was like, all right, man, just send me something. Well, at the time, I was like, I don't really have a way to send anybody anything. Uh, So I was just sitting there one day, and I was kind of going through it mentally. And uh, I almost almost, uh, did some things I would have regretted 
Uh, but I got a call and he, he sent me, you know, he was like, let's do this song. I, I really like it. And, uh, from there, it just kind of helped me therapeutically and mentally, uh, as far as like trying to get through, uh, anything that negatively impacted my life. So, uh, that's kind of mainly why I do music. Uh, as I've grown as an artist, I've really learned, like, it doesn't only help me, but it helps others as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, doing opening for struggle and opening for Mercules and people like that. Uh, when you hop off the stage and you have people coming up to you crying and saying like, you know, you don't even really understand like how much that song meant to me. And in my head, I was like, you know, this song means a lot to me as well. And it's completely different situations because I could write a song because I'm depressed, but it might hit someone else because they just lost somebody. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, obviously that's a very depressing uh, thing, but but it just hits them a little different and like certain words and certain lines just, just click to them in mm -hmm. a certain way that reminds them of that missing loved one or, or just kind of a situation they're going through. And it's weird how not only does the music help myself, but it helps others as well. So it's always super cool. Well, that's one thing I saw was that recently you performed and, uh, and I think it was, where were we, that last place, Thompson house. Thompson um, house. and we were there and do when you would sit down on the stage and sing, there were a lot of people that were like very connected to that, that like human to human level. And I think that's one thing that I like about you is that every song that you've ever made is very much like a storytelling type of deal. And you always try to connect with another human being. And that's one thing that a lot of artists I think are missing because what do you think they rap about? The same old shit, man. Guns, blah, drugs, whatever. Right. They try to rap about that cool shit to stay cool. But one thing about you is that you've always stayed true to... I'm just going to rap about what I know. I'm going to rap about how I feel. And hopefully you connect with that. Is that pretty fair to say? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, whether it's, you know, things that I've been through or stories I've been told, you know, either way, uh, depending on how vivid the story is, it's like I can almost put myself in that in that predicament and, and write music about that. So, like, I've got some unreleased music that isn't specifically about, like, what I've been through but about what some people have told me about. I just released a verse uh, on Philly Phil's album. He uh, lives out there in uh, St. Louis. Sure. Uh, he, uh, I just did a song on his deluxe album that he just dropped, and uh, a lot of that was basically, like, some of it was me, but I mixed in some things that I've been, like, told over the past, you know, few months uh, mm -hmm. about some you know, loved ones and other and other people that are kind of going through it. And I just kind of put that in a verse. And it's crazy how much that connects to them and helps them. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's basically, like you said, uh, if it's not something that I've actually been through personally, it's something I've definitely been talked to, talked to about. So Yeah, no, I, I fuck with that a lot. And I was just curious. I always ask like the why, the what, and the, the why, how, and the what of people make music. You've kind of explained why you make music and then like what, you know, what you make, but how do you make it? Like, I know that that transforms over time, but is it like you in this like a recording studio at your house or is it like you go on somewhere or is it just differ? It's just for the reason why I asked that question, by the way, is because it's interesting to me how every artist does it differently and it actually shows like the level that they're at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so like, I'll give you like my process. So if I'm going to, if I'm going to take, let's say, let's say I'm going to start writing a song today. Right? It might take me all day to find a beat. Then it might take me a week to, to 
to filter that beat. And then it might take me a day, five minutes to write a whole song to it. I, it doesn't take me very long to write. It's mainly like I have to be in the right spot. Like, I mean, I've wrote songs like Lost in Every Way. I wrote literally eating wings, bro, crying. You know what I mean? It was just <laughs> yeah, like one of those, yeah, yeah. One of those, uh, one of those things. Uh, Mercy was one of those things where I was going through something. I was in an alleyway. I just kind of went through that uh, same thing. So it, was, it it's always just kind of about like, if I'm gonna when I write music, it's it's gotta be like the beat has to speak to me. Yep. Uh whether it's a beat that I find on like Beat Stars or it's something that I actually have to sit down with a producer, which I did with a guy named Macintosh Beats, and he's super dope. Uh he actually produced Pain. Okay. Uh, so Pain was actually a YouTube beat beforehand uh that I had wrote to, and then we I could never come up with a hook for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I sat down with Macintosh, who I met at uh, John Woo's Producers Corner. If you ever get a chance, uh, John Woo's like a huge industry executive out in Louisville. Oh, awesome okay. dude. Uh, he does networking events called uh, Producers Corner. Okay. It's like normally it's like $10, $15 to get in, but it's you get to sit there, you get to network, you get to see who all's in Louisville. That's phenomenal. What's going on. Uh, he just got an artist signed named Mars. She's signed to RCA, so that's super dope. Uh, well, she's actually signed to Keep Cool, but they're under RCA. Yeah. Uh, who, which she just had a billboard in Times Square yesterday. I saw that on your it's story. Super dope. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so you know, he does these little networking events, and I've met producers, artists, uh, you know, videographers, photographers. I mean, literally everybody. So that's wild to me because no one does that shit in Minnesota. I keep saying that because, like, it's just surprising to me that when I came down here, even Popcorn was saying this, it's a lot more collaborative because, like, Nashville's, like, the music hub of the world, right? Like, people people think Atlanta or New York. It's like, no, bro, like, Nashville's where everything originated. You know what I mean? The southern states is where a lot of things originated. And when you have stuff in Louisville that's like, okay, I'm just going to pay 15 bucks to network, $15 is a small fee to get some kind of a huge-ass network, something like that. You know right. what I mean? Uh, like, before COVID— uh the the first event i ever went to he did uh i want to say there was probably close to two or three hundred people there holy fuck. so you know so you go in uh and at that time i think it was only like five or six dollars to get in because there was a mass amount of people right you know? now it's capacity shits. Uh, yeah and and we would go in and you just had you're around you know now you're around like 20 to 50 people that are making music that you know you know are serious about it because obviously they're there for a reason uh you all know the same people you right. just don't know each other right uh so it's just cool to have the experience of being around somebody that's as passionate about music as you are and you can sit there and network and you know that they're going to take you as serious as you're going to take them right so uh for the most part, like, like I said, I'll, I'll connect you with the, with the whole producer's corner and thing. Maybe, uh, we'll ride out or something together. Uh, yeah, for real. So I know he's got one coming up the 29th. I'll hit him up and see if it's sold out or not. Uh, I'm actually going to be, uh, showcasing a song there. So that uh, January, right? 
Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure I got to get my scheduling ready for what I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I would really, really appreciate that just because I want to get to know this shit. Like, I was telling Popcorn today, I want to know the Southern scene. I don't know any of it. The really, like, it just sucks being a, an outsider in this, to be honest, because I don't want to be just attached to CLM at all times. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, it's the brand that I work with, but also, like, what people don't know about me is that, like, I'm actually like legally, bro, I'm contracted. So like I have my own company, like this is what I do. And like, I'm, I'm managing artists. I've had four or five now Louisville artists be like, yo, like, can you manage me? And I'm like, I'm not comfortable yet because I don't know what I'm doing down here. I don't know the connections. I can't do much for you until I know what's going on. Right. And so something like that would be very helpful. And also, you know, obviously I want to get people on the podcast and hear their thoughts when it comes to that shit. So again, that's why I fuck with Shane, man. He's just like, let's go, <laughs> let's help each other. Because what you're doing, bro, is seems small to you. But from where I'm from, like you said, everyone's just like, I'm going to keep this knowledge to myself. I'm competing with this person. Yes, music is a competitive thing. But when you're all on a certain level, it's like, why not fucking connect each other and help each other? Like you said, Mars got signed to RCA. That's not something small. That's one of the biggest labels in the world. You know what right. I mean? Connect with agents. That's huge. So I don't know why people don't work together more. Here, it's very much like, yo, bro. Like when I was at that last show at Thompson House, someone covered someone else's deposit. They're like, I'm $100 short. Some other artist gave me their money for a different artist. You don't find that shit in the Midwest. That's never happened in the 10 years I've known Minnesota. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm, I wanted to ask you, why do you think it's so collaborative down here? It is and it ain't. Right. Uh, so there's certain artists out here that's uh, very kept to their self. That's very uh, egotistic. That, that has, um, you know... They just they're doing it for the wrong things at sometimes, but there are also, like I said, a lot of artists that are like myself that, that put forth the effort to help others. Uh, so the reason I would say that we're more, uh, more so, uh, like you said, collaborative uh, as far as trying to everybody make it out of here is because we see the Jack Harlow, we see Bryson Tiller. Uh, you know, even if we go back to Static Major, Happy Roots, uh, Mars now, uh, you know, Vori, people of that nature uh, that are making it, and we can see this unfolding before our eyes. Like, it's not far. It's not a far reach to make it to that next level. Uh, but we all know that you need a team to do so, uh, which, and oftentimes is kind of, most people don't see that. They yeah. think they can do it on their own. They want right. all that money for themselves. But you have to have a team. Yep. You know, uh, I've learned that over the past couple of years that I've been doing music that you have to have a team. Yep. Um, whether that's a manager and uh, you know, basically like a team you would have once you're signed or whether that is just a group of like-minded individuals that want to better not just themselves, yeah. but better each other. So that's kind of like why I think that we are so collaborative as far as like trying to help everybody get better is because we all want to see each other eat because we yep. know that if I blow up today, I'm not going to blow up and be like, all right, I'm out. 
Right. You know, I'm going to try to help. Yeah. Mars has tried to help. You know, she shows up to these producers corners. Yeah. John, he don't, ha she don't have to. Yeah. John's an A&R. He's signed. Uh, I can't remember. I think he signed with Keep Cool as an A&R and a couple other people. He don't have to do these producers corners. Right. But he does because he knows that there's talent out here. Mm -hmm. We all know that there's talent out here. Uh, but we also all understand that you can't do this shit alone. Mm -hmm. So I think that's mainly why we have grown because we see that people our age that were on our level at one point that we've seen on at our level have evolved. So we know it's there. Yeah. And we understand like we can't do this on our own. So, well, that's funny you say that too, because Cato actually booked Harlow three, four years ago before he blew up in Louisville at a local show opening just like everybody else. So that kind of just shows me that you're right. Like people from Louisville, cause that's exactly what he did. Even though the kid was like a prodigy, if you know his history, he did perform and then blow up and then come back. Like he recently just did five or six shows in Louisville that were small shows, bro. Like yeah. if you like, it's just small little like local bars around here that he did it with. And I wanted to ask too, like you said, there's a lot of big talent that came out of here, Nappy Roots, all these people, but Bryson Tiller and Harlow recently are the ones who put hip hop on for the South. The South. Like it's just what it is, right? right? Like there were people like Struggle from Nashville that do the hybrid rock rap, like, but Jelly Roll, right? The same thing. He's more rap, but still kind of keeping that Southern vibe. Yellow Wolf, Nashville, same shit. Right. But for Louisville, Harlow and Tiller were the first ones to kind of like blow the fuck up out of here. And I wanted to ask you, in your opinion, has that changed the game here a little bit in some ways? Like, has it shifted? Has it gotten better, worse, more competitive? Because for Minnesota, right, when someone blows up that you know, it became more competitive is what I saw, less collaborative. Those people got rid of that team and went somewhere else and did exactly what you said you were not going to do, but that's what they've done. I know tons of people that have done that. Right. How do you think those two have changed or adjusted the scene here in Louisville, if anything? Honestly, like myself seeing this from the, the inside out, uh, I don't, I guess I'm just so well connected and such a like genuine guy, which is hard for me to say because I'm so humble, but I'm such a genuine dude that I've, I haven't noticed any competition or anything as far as like any differences. And it, like I said, it could be just because the people I'm around, they just fuck with me. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, and I, I don't know if that's necessarily the same for every artist, mm -hmm. but honestly, I think that's just kind of a perspective thing. Uh, like if you think that it's going to be more competitive because these artists are, are uh, you think these artists are blowing up. So you think people are going to start acting more competitive Then that's, that's your own head. You know what I mean? Like you're making that more competitive at that point. If you just stay humble and stay how you was and just be, you know, understand that it, it's closer now. There's yeah. more eyes on this, on this city, yeah. uh, which it is that, Harlow, for sure. Uh, you know, Bryson definitely put eyes on the city. Or he put eyes on the city, mm -hmm. uh, you know. But honestly, I think Harlow Harlow did the most as far as, like, mainstream music. Yeah. Because uh, he's still going, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, hard as fuck. Yeah, and, and Bryson's still there, too, but he hasn't really released. I mean, he's released a couple things here recently, but he had that break 
I didn't even know he was from here forever, bro. I was listening to Tiller in Minnesota and I was just fucking with him. And like the sounds coming out of this state are so different though. Yeah. Like, and that's one, I actually wanted to get into your project because we could talk about big ass people all day, but um, your project Dancing With Death. One thing I wanted to ask, bro, is are you good? Cause you talk about pain, death, all like that's majority of your music. Right. And I wanted to ask kind of where that stems from. You don't have to get too deep, but where that stems from, because it translates into your voice. It, it really does. Like when you perform, when you just, see the soul in it and i wanted to ask like dancing with death was one of those projects that kind of i think in my opinion for you took everything that you've learned and threw it in one project with high production and was like bro this is who i am this is what i do it's a very good represent representation of you right. and i wanted to ask kind of where that stemmed from uh so i, I kind of like i kind of like go from from top to bottom uh so like the very first song dancing with death mainly was like me dancing with my emotions but in like a lucid way uh there for a while i was doing like mushrooms and stuff like that just kind of you know vibing uh and i learned a lot about myself through those through those interactions uh so that song's talking about basically going on a trip and understanding that life is actually beautiful you know uh i've always I've, my whole life you know, middle class, everything wasn't always handed to me, uh, still isn't. I work for everything I have. And, uh, you know, growing up, I was like, man, I really hate life. And I really had this, like, vice out saying, like, man, I don't want to be here anymore. Now I have a purpose. Music gives me a purpose. Uh, and like dancing with death really did that for me. It made mm -hmm. me, it helped me display my purpose in life because like I said, uh, I learned that life isn't as bad as we think it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, last days I have a line in there talking about my grandpa, uh, you know, just emotionally dancing with death did a lot for me. Uh, it also helped me connect with great artists like Louis Pello, uh, Path, who's on Perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, we got OG Uglies on there. Me and him came up together. Uh, and Nate, and right? we got uh, we got I am Nate from uh, Lustrous Music Group. Mm -hmm. uh, me and him, which obviously the deluxe edition just came out uh, about a year ago. I actually released the the actual album. Mm -hmm. uh, Deluxe Edition just came out, and uh, I put Nate on that song, which I think married up perfectly mm -hmm. with what I was going for. Philly Phil, me and him connected, and he really liked Home, uh, which was the last song on the album, which is also the last song on the Deluxe. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, that song was super dope. He connected with that really great. Uh, and then Lost in Every Way was like a game changer for me. I was about to say, man, when you, when you sit down and perform that song in Thompson House... I was like, bro, these people are connecting with this. Well, why do you think that is? Because, like, why do you think that's a game changer for you, by the way? I, I think I know, but I want to hear from you. The song is uh, is different. Yep. There's not anything I can say, yeah, that they're doing the same thing as I'm doing. No. Uh, that song, for one, you look at me, you see this big dude, uh, you know, 300-some pounds. Looks like he's tough, got face tattoos, yeah. got tattoos all over his body. <laughs> You're just like, 
you hear I'm a rapper from or I, I sing or things like that, you're not going to be like, wow, like that. It's such a wow factor. It is. Uh, when you actually hear that song because the voice does not match the guy that it's coming out no, of. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Didn't want to say it, but that's that's truly what it is. Like when you when you start performing, people go, that's that's not what I expected. Right. And I always say that for the end of the performance because I like to do the little lights up thing and it's just mm-hmm. a good way to go out. I can hop right off the stage and start connecting with fans and stuff like that. But Boston Every Way had a lot. Uh, so I'm currently engaged and me and her, uh, we took a year break and that kind of like filtered. Boston Every Way was more towards the end of that break and we were kind of already talking, getting back together and stuff. But Austin Every Way was kind of like how I felt about the whole scenario. Like, you know, the break was my idea. Uh, I thought it was going to be the right thing to do, but honestly, it wasn't. It just took a, a year of our life away from each other, and we could have just worked on things. Uh, so I feel like Lost in Every Way was kind of her perspective and mine in a way. Uh, it's just It's just such a beautiful song. <laughs> I don't really, like... Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, like, so with that song, um, I was just curious, why do you think people connect to it so much? Because do you think it's just just relatable or is it like, because that's the most melodic thing I think you've ever done, right? Like you, you're good at rapping. Like that's what, that's the first couple songs in the album showed that. That song is purely just soul singing. That's what it is. So do you think that made a change? I think the, yeah, I think that, I think a lot of it's about like, uh, you know, obviously the guy who's singing it is just... A lot of people don't see that kind of a production or that kind of a voice coming out of a guy like me. Uh, it's kind of humbling to people because they're like, if anyone ever dreamed of anything, which we all have dreams, they see this guy, this average guy, just getting up on stage, and he's like, they're like, wow, I can really just accomplish my my own shit. Like I can do that's it. What's up. I can do whatever I want. You yep. know what I mean? And that's that's how I always put into it. Was like. Never give up on your dreams because everything's just a reach away. Yep. It's just it's just right there. You just gotta get up there and do it, make the connections, put forth the work. Uh Lost in Every Way was very, 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 very sentimental. Uh, and I feel like that's also why it connects with people because they whether it's a relationship or a lost family member or anything, I mean, that song can be interpreted many different ways. Right. Uh so I think that's a lot of why it's just more of a, a very sentimental song. I know that one of your inspirations is like Jelly Roll, right? Yeah. I'm curious, is Yellow Wolf one of those too? Because I asked that because when I listened to Last Days, 100% Yellow Wolf vibe in my opinion. That's just what I heard. That's just the first impression that I got. Uh, I really like Yellow Wolf. Uh, I've listened to Yellow Wolf a lot uh, from Daddy's Lambo all the way up to his new stuff, uh, Rock at Your Window yeah. kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So uh, I really... I really inspire from from a lot of them, uh, from Yellow Wolf to Jelly, Struggle, uh, you know, even in some cases like Upchurch in a way. Uh, they're yep. just the verse, how much versatile, how versatile Upchurch's music is from country all the way to rap. Mm-hmm. Jelly Roll's the same way from rock to rap. Which I, I feel like a lot of my inspiration is Jelly Roll. Yeah. Uh, which, if you listen to my music, you can kind of tell that because I kind of, not really exactly an image of him, but my humbleness I get from him. Uh, the way I write my music, 
I get from him, like a lot of things like that. Uh, just my fan interaction. He's he's a talent, man. I mean, the one thing about Jelly Roll, I'll say I'm gonna clip it for you, big boy, is that you watch all of our CLM shit. It's funny as hell that like we didn't we didn't realize Jelly Roll for years has just been watching her stories, and we're like, <laughs> why is this man looking at our shit? And like me and Kato have been like, bro, we want to work with him so bad. He's just at that untouchable point right now where he's just like arenas and fucking all this big shit. But before I came here, Upchurch was the only thing I knew about the South. Funny enough, um, the only reason I knew that is because my buddy Jesse, who's a hunter, uh, he was like, he's like, I'm gonna put you on. Of this country rap scene i didn't think it was a thing and that's where i discovered all these people that you're talking about um and then i realized it seems like roll is the ringleader of it like jelly roll seems to be the ringleader of like the top notch of this kind of talent right now um and his image like you said with yours it's a shot it's a wow factor because you don't expect that to come out of their mouths you right. know what i mean um but speaking of the south I got a couple Southern questions for you. My, my <laughs> ignorant Midwest ass has to ask a couple questions. It just recently snowed here. Yeah, oh yeah. And everyone freaked the fuck out. <laughs> like I went to the grocery store, bro, and produce all gone. It was like the beginning of COVID again. And my ass from the Minnesota is like, dude, this is fucking wild. Like right. it ain't shit. But I'm curious, like, is it because y'all don't have the infrastructure down here? Or why is everyone so goddamn scared of the snow? <laughs> Even popcorn said the same shit. He's like, bro, it's like Armageddon down south. I'm like, what oh, the yeah. fuck, bro? <laughs> yeah, it could snow literally li <laughs> It could snow literally just the tiniest little bit of like even a yeah. half inch, bro. And it, it, it could rain. I mean, it could literally rain today yeah. and people would freak the fuck out. It don't make sense to me. I've lived here my whole life. Uh, I don't understand it. Uh, you know, drive fucking smart. Don't fucking right, be right. an ignorant ass. But I think people get so... I don't know. Honestly, I don't even you don't know. Either. I don't even fucking realize or understand why people freak out because I'm like, just don't drive like a dumbass. You know what I mean? That so. that's one thing too down here. The roads, bro. Disgusting. Yeah. Like bad. Bad. Well, it's it's it wouldn't it wouldn't matter if like you don't make one way roads with no guardrails, swervy as fuck in the <laughs> rain, fifty five miles an hour. That's my main road to fucking work every day. Yep. And I'm like, bro, this is wild as hell. Like it's just like I got no complaints with Louisville overall. I'm just adjusting, but that's one thing I can't adjust to is that the roads here are dangerous as fuck. I think I heard like one in every three drivers is uninsured and shit. Oh, Some yeah. wild ass shit. And I'm like, bro, like, because my car insurance tripled when I came here. It was insane, bro. Like, it's just shit like that you don't realize when you move somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, Kentucky's like, <laughs> we're rough, bro. <laughs> kind of yeah, rough. Scares the fuck out of me. Yeah, like, they don't like, even give a fuck. Uh, no. So I guess that kind of also triggers a lot of the anxiety when the snow comes is that we can't we can't run we can't run the fucking curves going 100 miles no. an hour anymore jesus christ but well, yeah. there were so many cars and ditches bro just oh, under yeah. like a half i think the three-fourths of an inch if you call your uncle or you know your neighbor you might be able to get them to pull you out for like 10 or 15 dollars a can of grizzly or something you know what i mean it's just like one of those things <laughs> give me a can of grizzly some bud light yeah I'm good to go, bro. <laughs> i'll you get know. your car out of there <laughs> <laughs> the south south's wild man another question i have is you you actually put me onto this phrase the phrase bubba i don't know i've never heard it before i don't know what the fuck it means please explain that one bro because i know that even like popcorn do the same thing struggle the same thing i'm like bro what is this phrase i've never heard it it's like bubba's like a jelly roll thing you know he even has a song called uh i call everybody bubba you know uh it's just one of those things it's it's kind of like you know homie 
like what up homie you know like what up right, bubba right, like, right you know once you're a bu- once you're bubba you're like you're family okay. so uh you know like what up bubba that means like what up you're like, you're, you're my family like, that makes sense i brought you i'm i'm letting you in my life you know right. what i mean uh if I if I call you by your name, then it, you ain't you ain't really family. Yeah, names, yeah. But I've let you in my life. Once I call you Bubba, that's like a sentimental like like word for me. Yeah. I guess uh, uh, if I call you Bubba, your 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 family, I'll go to I'll go. <laughs> you know, I'll take yeah. a bullet for you at that point. So well, that's that, that's what I realized. I just kind of guessed, but because um, there there's not like phrase like that where I'm from. It's like bro or what's up. You know what I mean? It's it's nothing right. like that. But I found that very cool because. It's not really like when people think like people ask me this from the Midwest, like, oh, the Southern hospitality, is that real? I'll be honest, like you get that with, with the phrases like that and people you connect with. But overall, there's a lot of hostility even between my neighbors here. You know what I mean? Like we don't talk. No one knows each <laughs> other. Like it's very standoffish at times. And but that's one thing about the South, too, is that like it's tougher than where I'm from. It's yeah. it's you handle shit yourself. I found that out, too. There was a there was a big ass thing going on in my neighbor. Like it sounded like a fight, some crazy shit. And I called the cops about it because I was like worried about it. And they literally told me we're not coming like we yeah. don't we don't do that if unless someone's dead like we're not coming i'm like yeah. that's wild as fuck like just everyone just handles shit themselves here <laughs> yeah we're just gonna backyard brawl this shit out you know what i mean yeah <laughs> that's just wild to me uh and then i, I don't want to talk about harlow but uh best chicken bro me and my girl be fucking debating this i've tried every place here except kfc i don't fuck with kfc but okay so best chicken are you talking like wings or you want like what kind of chicken you want? It's a good question because me and my girl had this debate. We went to I think it's Royals. Um and yeah, Royals is pretty we good. went there cuz the breading and is is the best. But then I went to I think what's that place with like um bro, it Joella's? Uh, Joella's has like good. the best flavor in my opinion, but the breading's completely different. Right. So I want to ask to you like what makes good chicken in general? Like not wings, like chicken, you know what I'm okay. saying? Like yeah, it, it's all about the seasoning. Uh, like I said, uh, seasoning, the breading, uh, how juicy it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I don't want to bite into no dry ass chicken. So that's that's one thing. Like about Royals, that I felt like it was a little dry, but my girl loves it. It's like I think it's number two in Louisville, right? And number one's Joella's. But I was just curious if there's any other spots that I missed and that I need to hit. Uh, so like if you want like traditional like wings with that like not boneless, then go to like Daddy Rich's. Okay. Uh, Daddy Rich's is fire. They got the best. The best garlic parmesan <laughs> wings I've ever had. So fucking good. Then there's like roosters. Roosters is good if you want like boneless wings or uh, buffalo wings and rings. Yeah. Uh, that's fucking fire. Um, I think I got that place confused. Is roosters? I'm trying to figure out. I think I said royals. I, I think I meant roosters because roosters is the place with extremely fucking hot sauce. And like it's like, I think it's like four levels of hot sauce. And it's like, well, if you have the top one, you're fucked. I can't remember. No, that, I think that that as Royals. I think so. I haven't. I've only had Royals like once. Uh, really? Yeah. I, I I don't really like. If I get on a chicken place, I stay there. So like, okay. Daddy Riches was it? Yeah. For a little while, uh, I haven't been there in a while. Buffalo Wings and Rings is fire. Like I said, uh, they got one in Shelbyville now. Mm-hmm. They used to only have one out in like uh, Bardstown. So I used to drive out to Bardstown. And eat 
there, but fuck Bardstown Road. I'm just saying right now. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like there's a lot of shit, but like okay, so those who are not from here, Bardstown Road is where all the fucking activity is, right? All the, like the biggest food places I've been told, the party places, like that's the place to be. Yeah. When I went down there, bro, it was the most hectic fucking shit I've ever been through. Oh yeah, the you roads wanna, are nuts. I'll tell you what though, you want a good burger. Go to Buns Burgers. They actually have a burger named after me and OG Ugly called the Fat and Ugly Burger. What? Yeah. How did you get that? Uh, well, they were they started doing shows when they expanded a little bit, just sure. doing like little like garage shows, kind of. Uh, they're super underground, very local uh, burger place. You know, Harlow's always went there. Actually, one of his videos was shot in front of it. No shit. Yeah, and uh, so I got there and I was like, "Look, I'll do this show for free for you if you." Make me a burger. Like, put it in my name. You know what I mean? That's nuts, bro. So we got, like, a fat and ugly burger. It's basically just a pizza burger. It's fire. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's super good. Um, so we got that at Buns. Buns is fire. Uh, also, if you like cheesesteaks, Barry's Cheesesteaks, very, very, very I've good. heard of that place. Definitely go to Barry's Cheesesteaks. Uh, I got to so- check out Daddy Rich's because <laughs> when you say you get stuck on a place like that, that's how you know you need to hit it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't fuck around with it. And I want, I'm a foodie, bro. So like food down here is just more, it's just, it's different, but it's also like better is what I've realized. The only things like the Midwest guy, you ever heard of like a Juicy Lucy? No. So a Juicy Lucy, I'll put you on, people are going to love this shit, is that it was invented in Minnesota. Like the fucking president tried this shit, bro. <laughs> and all you do is you take like a burger patty, you stuff that bitch with cheese, and then you put another patty on top of it, and then you cook it. So when you eat it, it's just like molten cheese in the middle. That's all it is. That's the best claim to fame we got in Minnesota. It's a goddamn <laughs> Juicy Lucy. All right. Down here is like... It's just chicken galore. This is what I've realized. Dude, my fucking neighbor has a crispy chicken truck. Right. Like, it's just so fucking wild. That's crazy. <laughs> but I am all. I got another question. People, like, when they think chicken down south, they think KFC, because that's all they know in the Midwest. Right. I think that shit's shit. KFC's okay, but it's not great. No, and Cane's is, like, all right. Like, people say it hits different in the south, but I'm like, it didn't. It, it was the same shit. Right, it's the same shit. Uh, so, like, the Cane's and Zaxby's beef... Depends. I've never been to Zaxby, bro. (laughs) Kato's saying that sauce is what it is, though. That's like the A1 sauce, but I'm like, bro, is that sauce? Zach sauce is free good. Uh, I like a little bit of spice, so I get the spicy Zach sauce. Yeah, I like spice a lot. So fucking good. Uh, But the thing about Zaxby's is their wings are kind of small, like their boneless wings and stuff. I'm a big dude. I like like good wings. I like portions, bro. That's what I'm about, too. Like, you go to Roosters, bro, and your wings are, you're like, boneless wings are, like, fucking, like, baby chicken tenders. <laughs> like, uh, but, like, you know what I mean? And then, like, you go to uh, Daddy Rich's and you get these juicy, thick wings, you know? Now, if you like, like, hot wings, just like Buffalo regular, there's a place called Rumors. Okay. Rumors is delicious, but it's a seafood restaurant. But they're known for their wings. They're more known for their wings than kind they of are fuck the seafood. What kind of shit is that? I don't know, but it's fire. <laughs> I don't know, it's yeah. just fire. They sell them by like the fifties, bro. Like it's so oh, like they just get it's so good, so fucking good. <laughs> it's so out of good. The, yeah, yeah. Well, now I got to do it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so rumors is definitely one of those places that you just got to go. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Daddy Rich's is like they got some fucking signature sauce there, bro. It's, <laughs> it's like it's just, lemon pepper buffalo. It's super Lemon fire. pepper's huge down here. That, yeah. I like flavored wings, bro. I'm not about like the classic. I'm not about the classic buffalo because I like variety. I like different like Asian zing or like different oh kinds of shit like God, that. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's funny down here too. Mexican food's really big down here. Oh, yeah. Why? 
fire. <laughs> well, Gustavo's is my favorite place right now, bro. Gustavo's like, is good, and I think they only got like four restaurants right now. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. they're still kind of small. Uh, the the funny thing about like Gustavo's is like I heard that he was in business with uh, Alacapoco, which is the, another restaurant yeah, yeah. in Odom County, and then he kind of broke off and did his own thing. Later. I've been there; it's pretty good, but yeah, n nothing compares really to like my favorites is definitely all right. There's levels to this shit. <laughs> so like you get a Monica's platter, which is just like basically chicken on a beach with shrimp in it. You know what I okay. mean? That's like El Nepal's fucking thing. Gas. Right. You go to Poco and you want to get like their chorizo dip. Their chorizo dip is so fucking good. All right. And then you go to Gustavo's and like everything else is good at Gustavo's. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's levels. It depends on what you're in the mood for. Okay. But Monica's platter. I don't know if you've had that. No, I haven't. You dig? Do you like shrimp? Yeah. All right. Shrimp, chicken, and cheese basically. Cool. And it's over a bed of rice. That sounds really good. So fucking good. It, so good. One thing I realized too, the uh alcohol down here, bro. Wild. <laughs> like I understand bourbon, whatever, like it's good, but like I went into a liquor store, I think it was liquor barn, never heard of that shit in my life. Yeah. Um, and I went in there and I got drunk on accident. Because I had like <laughs> they were sampling shit. So right. I had like four or five shots of like bourbon, and they're like, Oh, by the way, like you might want to slow down. I was like, Why? Oh, it's 90 proof. Yeah. I'm like, bro, and I got I had to have my girl drive. I was like, this is all sorts of fuck. It alcohol down here is a very big culture. Um oh, yeah. and I was just like down to moonshine is what some people think, all that shit. Um, what's your favorite alcohol from from down south, whether it be moonshine, whether it be bourbon? I'm curious. Uh, if you're a big drinker, not a big right, drinker. So I used to be a big drinker and then uh, kind of got some lives in jeopardy. Sure. Uh, so I quit drinking. But when I was drinking, I would drink a, like a lot of Bud Light. <laughs> Sound like Kato. Uh, I would drink uh, like some, I like Fireball, Fireball's yep. Fire. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I was going to like drink some bourbon, be like Bullet. Bullet's what I heard is good as fuck. Bullet's so fucking good. I don't like Daniels at all. Just to let you know that whiskey shit. I'm not about it. No, 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 no. Yeah, the, I think what, there's just a, what's that one fuck? It's the Kentucky, uh, oh, I have it in my fucking cabinet. Um, it's like a wider bottle. Um, it's like one of the most famous bourbons down here. Um, I can't remember what it is, and I'm really pissed off because I had it in my head before this podcast. But that pot, that seems to be like the number one bourbon around here is the one that was made locally. I actually met the distiller who made that shit, and he was telling me like the culture down here for bourbon and like alcohol in general is so vast. Like, yeah. it's so vast. Like, every, all the wines here are bourbon age, or barrel age, bro. Yeah, the wines are my favorite. So good, bro. I love wine. Unbelievable. Uh, if you tried Smithberry Winery, mm -mm. it's actually very, very local to us. I think it's, yeah, it's in Henry County. Smithberry? Yeah, Smithberry Winery. I have to say I remember. Uh, I'll definitely send you a, a message about that. But they sell it at all, like, most of our liquor stores, especially local, like Oldham County, uh, Henry, any Henry County liquor stores or anything like that, they all have it. Yeah. Uh, Oh my god, that strawberry wine's fucking. That's what I like that sweet shit. There was actually a winery that I went to. I forgot it was, but it was like up on this very big ass hill. They had some of the best wine I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah, like Louisville's got alcohol down pat. They mix it with brandy. That's some of the best goddamn wine I've ever had. <laughs> like it's strong, it punches you, but it has a lot of fucking flavor. Yeah, I really enjoy the wine out here. Uh, wine's definitely like one of my favorite things because I don't get hangovers. So. Yeah, me too. I I switched to wine off of hard alcohol myself though because like you, like I, I was hard drinking for a while in college, and then it just became one of those things where. I was dwindling. My health was fucked up. I was putting people at risk. So, like, I switched over to wine. And, like, down here, it just seems to be such an amazing, like, wine variety. 
it's just it's just funny like i found that the, the liquor here is just like it's a big culture you know what i mean compared to where i'm from right my my fiance's uh grandmother actually helps clean uh the smithbury winery and stuff so oh, really yeah we're like well connected there so if i get a bottle i'll let you know and i'll bring some over and let for you real try or just give you a bottle myself because that shit is so fucking good. I'm not dude. a bourbon guy, bro. Just like <laughs> no. you know, I hate bourbon, but well, I, I, I bought some down here because I was like, you got to try it. Yeah, still hate it. Te- te- uh, tequila is my favorite. Uh, I can't get on the vodka because I black out. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just black out. It's not good. Like I'll no. take a shot and I'm just already blacked out. You well, know, what but I mean? for for tequila, what is it? Because I know what everyone says down here is the same old shame. Uh. 1800 probably really yeah oh, that's not what i heard or like patron obviously okay so you like the higher end shit yeah i saw but, you drinking eiffel in a video <laughs> that shit garbage in my it's opinion it's so bad and actually that uh yeah whatever podcast that was actually water i actually oh really that shit out <laughs> oh yeah it's just garbage i tried bro. it dumped it out filled it up with water and was drinking it like that you're drinking it heavy in that video so i was yeah. like bro nasty shit bro. yeah just no flinching. I was just. Well, curious. Did you see in the pain video? I was actually like taking. Like I can't even imagine how many shots I had of that fucking gallon or whatever the hell that bourbon was. That yeah, I don't know what it was, but I saw not it. Good. <laughs> not good. Not good. It was. <laughs> it was. It was okay, I guess. But I was just. I took like forty five shots in that video, just trying to get perfect takes and stuff. Yeah, I was. Bro, bit, how fucked were you? I man? was a bit like. I was a bit fucked. Where did you shoot that video? I was just curious. There was a small, it was like a cool ass fucking like just room. It was just a black plain room. So uh, the first scene where it's me and the guy that's playing the piano is the actual producer. That's Macintosh. Oh, okay. The actual producer of the beat actually got him to have a cameo. Uh, So he came in, played the piano. Is he from here? Uh, Yeah. Well, I want to say he's a little bit outside of Louisville, but he is from here. Like he comes all the producers corners and stuff too but uh he come out and we did that at some dude's house somebody was like yo like i got this perfect little room beautiful piano beautiful piano yeah uh old piano yeah. still played beautifully uh we shot the first scenes there and then the other scene i can't think of where it was but uh they had a theater room up top and that's where we actually shot it was on their theater so we go up there and everything, all the walls and stuff, all those walls were fake. So they were just like floating walls because it was, like I said, it was a theater. So wow, push okay. in and out. But, but yeah, a lot of the uh, props and stuff were everything that they had there. So Yeah. But it was super cool. That's dope. Well, to wrap this shit up, because I don't want to bore my listeners too much, because you've, <laughs> you've been phenomenal. It's just like, dude, I've realized like podcasts, if they're not under an hour, right, it pisses me off because I can talk for hours, bro. It just makes me mad that no one, it's like a song, right? Right. It's like I've realized that when people come to podcasts, it's on, if it's under an hour or if a song's under three minutes, they'll just they'll keep listening to it, which I find whack as fuck. But anyway, um, last thing is I want you to tell me artists to watch here in Kentucky. I'm going to go to these producer corners now because I want to, that seems like the best way to do it rather than just asking people. But I would like some artists to look for in this scene so I don't just waste my time putting a bunch of like, I guess, people on. So I'm going to go ahead and shout out my team. So we got obviously like IMG, Illustrious Music Group. Uh, we got Joe, which is Joe King, Louis Burgundy, and I am Nate. Uh, then you got Louis Pello. Definitely need to watch out for him. Uh, you got Mark De Niro. Mark De Niro's super dope. Uh, he got a real raspy, like, early, well, I don't even know. Like, it's just like boom, bap. Like, it's just, he just, he ill. He, he, he's cold. 
Uh, then you got like Faith. Faith's dope. Uh, got OG Ugly, obviously. Uh, you got, man, there's so many. There's a lot of uh, artists and a lot of the people that you're mentioning, by the way, I've booked. So like right. I've seen these guys in person. I can vouch for them. And like I think Nate's one of those guys I just recently met that like really fucking blew my mind. Right. Um, there's just one other dude I forgot his name, but there's just like a lot of talent down here. That's uh, why Force I Gumption to too. You gotta yeah. watch out for him. He's yeah, I saw cool him. Dude. Uh it was funny because when he when he performed, like I didn't expect him. He comes off as like a very chill dude. Mm-hmm. And like it was funny. I, I I think you were there when I was at the Thompson house and I, he tried to come up to me and say, like, oh yeah, I'm here. And I was like, That's great. Doors open at seven. And I was like, <laughs> I pushed him away. And then later he goes, I was like, Where's Force Gumption? He's like, Bro, I'm right here. I'm like, oh fuck. Like he just comes off so humble, so chill. And he was just like, didn't even question me. And I'm like, that just that mentality is different. Like I said, where I'm from, they'd be like, no, nah, fuck you. This is who I am. It's not like that here. I mean, it can yeah. be. I've met some right. people like that, but it's like I met one person that had that attitude, and then 90% of everyone else is more like you. You know what I mean? Right. Which I fuck with. Um, but then lastly, what's next for you, man? Because that, that album came out, you said you re-released it. Yeah. You just released a video for Pain a month ago, I believe. Yep. What else you got going on? Uh, I've got a song called Last Days. I'm actually gonna let you hear before I leave if you got time. Uh and then uh i've got i'm working on four albums this year so i've got a collaborative album with path who i did perfect with collaborative album with nate actually five albums uh collaborative album with a guy named daniel chairs he's super dope uh collaborative album with philly phil and then i'm working on my afterlife album which is a part of the trilogy so you got dancing with death then you got afterlife so it's like once you went already crossed over and then you got resurrection which is Actually, this is the first time that's actually been said, so a little plug for you. Plug. <laughs> but Resurrection's going to be coming in, you know, 2023. Uh, and that's just going to be like the trilogy of EPs that started me. You know what I mean? So That's dope. Thank yeah. you for being on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time, Shane. Hey, no problem, man. Little outro thing, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Oh, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all my audio listeners for constantly rocking with Kev's perspective. To stay tuned this year for what's going on, go to the Instagram, Kev's Perspective Podcast. Go to my personal, CLM Kevlo. If you want to leave a review on Apple Music and Spotify, leave the five stars. Leave the review and let me know who you want to hear and what topics you want me to talk about and discuss. So please, again, keep tuning in to Kev's Perspective. Much love to all my audio listeners. Cheers.